People of Earth, how are you? My name is Al. Across the table from me is my friend Joe. Hey now. Together, we do this podcast called Kinda Right. And today, we are joined by Evan, who you've heard on the show a couple times, my son, and his lovely girlfriend, Kate. Hi, Kate. Hi, Hi. Kate. How's it going? All right. Thanks ha- for stopping by. Have you had, did, have you had the opportunity to listen to anything? Like, did you listen to the ones that Evan was on? I did not. No, <laughs> it's okay. It's cool. It's probably lucky that you did. Just point that thing a little <laughs> down disgusting. more. I'm sure. And bring sorry. it closer to your face. Now, what kind of microphone is Evan on here? I, <laughs> I bought a uh, I bought a cheapo Shure, and just EQ'd it to sound like these. It's not so an SM58. It's, it's an SM48. It's not a 58. It's a 48. It's a cheapo. Yeah, it's a sure, though. It's a cheapie. It came so with a cord. A yeah, it Mine came with doesn't. a... Huh? Mine doesn't. No, you have a legit SM58 that they've been using on stage for Is that 50 a, years now. I've heard... Why do I know that that SM50, isn't that like the most popular mic ever? It, it, it's still used by yeah. live and con- around for not a hundred more, years. More rock, years. Yeah, more rock concerts have wired Shure SM58s than any kind of wireless vocal mic. It's just the truest, richest signal, and that's just that. And it's built like a fucking brick shit house. They're on sale at Guitar Center today for Black Friday. How much? Ten to eighty nine instead of nine. They've been, and that's the other thing. I think they're like sixty they're, bucks. Come on, the pr- they're going to sell out <laughs> in one day. Oh, yeah, Their price hasn't changed in twenty twenty five years. They're, they're ninety nine dollars. But they're not a good speaking microphone. Is that what you? Well, no, they're they're fine. I just bought this one because this is the lower end version of it, and I got a cable and the microphone for thirty nine ninety nine. <laughs> but this is a better microphone as far as speaking. For what we're doing, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But that's more like a karaoke mic or like if you want a cheaper alternative. If you're no, no, I'm talking about the, sure fi- the real one, the 58. The 58 is for live performing of music, okay. of vocals. So it's not, it's not for guys like us. No, you could use it and it would sound fine. These are just... These are just more rich and for more the spoken word. I wouldn't. I would mic a guitar cabinet with these. I would have no problem doing that. But I don't know if they would. You don't necessarily need that. You know what I mean? All the mics are they fine tailor them to whatever you're using them for. You know, there's so, a whole science to these microphones. Of course there is. Yeah, and I should know about p- patterns and all that shit i i don't i don't care i just plug i know how to wire shit and make it sound good you know what i mean i don't make the tools yes, you do you i don't do. make the tools i just use them you do know how to make it all sound kind of like with paint brushes our hammers. show sounds good yeah it sounds like a like we care you know what i mean i mean i don't know about the content but <laughs> <laughs> who knows about that so, yeah, so yesterday was Thanksgiving here in America's hometown. The coldest Thanksgiving since 1871. I don't, I could have sworn there's been some colder ones, but I, it was cold yesterday. It was so fucking cold. It was frostbite cold, all right? I went out riding in the morning on my bike. Yeah. I regretted it. <laughs> as yeah. soon as I got to the sand pits, I really? was like... Your legs were freezing. No, my my hands and my face. I even had face. I had a I had something over my face. But yeah, it just it was it was wicked cold. You gotta get closer to the fucking. Do you wear a Do you wear an MX out. helmet and goggles? Uh, yes. Okay. 
Because, I mean, you just there's almost no way to stay warm with that. If you wore, like, the helmet that I gave your father, you know, mm. a, a yeah. street bike road helmet. I have a few of those, but I left them in the garage over the summer, and they grew some Plus, sort of Plus, you know what? you got to be careful, because if the sand freezes, you're not falling on sand. You're falling on rock. You ever had a leaf hit you in the face when it's cold out on a motorcycle? <laughs> oh. That happened or for the branch first time. Or a branch or It's sucked. like being whipped. Yeah, it hurt. Going 50 miles an hour down a trail and have a branch just go bang. Yep. Hit you in the neck. So what, did you turn around as soon as you got there, basically? Um, I rode around a little. Yeah? I mean, probably for 10, maybe 20 minutes. Was that right before we all got there or earlier? It was about a half hour. Because you were chilling in your truck there. when I walked, when I got there. Yeah, I think I just closed the garage unless it was open. It was open, but whatever. That's Evan's thing. You, his solace place is his truck. You pull in and he's sitting in his truck a lot. Sometimes even in the passenger a seat. Lot, a lot of the time. Just chilling. I just get home, though, and, you know, just yep. chilling, listening to the radio. I'm the same you know, way, actually. Sometimes I just sit in the car when I get home. Enjoy the quiet. You begin to realize as you get older, other than like having sex with animals or do or kids or doing anything bad, whatever you do that gives you some relief or solace, solace, yeah. is, it's fine. Yep. Do you follow what I'm saying? As long as you're not hurting anybody else, I guess that's the. That's, That's what I always key. say. Keep your fucking hands off each other, everybody. You know, when I was your age, right? I used to be much more judgmental. I, you did say that a lot. I'll look at mm -hmm. like people doing various things and go, yeah. you know, they're, what are they doing? Or there's something wrong with him? Or, but because life kicks you in the head sometimes. And it sure. just, uh, you know, so you got to find your little escapes here and there. And I was telling Evan about... My sleep this morning, I got some good sleep, and he says he wished he didn't have to sleep, doesn't want to sleep, because there's too much to do, if too I, much time, I, if too I much, could, not enough time to get all, cram in all the living he wants to not do. Not necessarily, you know? but like, if I could keep my eyes open and not be tired and just live all the hours and possible. And be constantly doing stuff? Sure. I just, you know. Yeah. I can sort of understand that. Because I constantly want to be doing stuff. Yeah. Because even when I'm sleeping, I feel like my mind is awake. You know, it's hard to feel like I got good rest. It's tough to shut it down. Yeah. A lot of noise going on yeah. in your head. Yeah. That's why I sleep with a fan. I'm not even kidding. For some reason, it drowns out the clatter going on in my noggin. What you should do, and I'm not trying to be the advice giver, but I, I use this often. And it was one time I went to this went to a shrink, and she made a tape, and it was basically she and I talking, and she gave me it was a tape that would, if I listened to it and followed it along, it would lead me into a deep meditation. Wow. And after a while, you don't need the tape anymore. Right. You know, you just know how to. You do learn it. how to do it. It's a so technique. If I have one of those nights where I can't get to sleep because my head's racing. Yep. I use this, and it's real. It's pretty simple. You just kind of concentrate on. You do deep breathing, and you kind of, you can use like a, you know, they call it a, a mantra, but you can use 
mine's I'm pretty boring, so cut you know, I I go one, two, counting my head, one, two, as I breathe up and down. You follow what I'm saying? Yep. And you try to and you just picture a pair of hands, your whether they're your own or somebody else's. And any of that picture a really nice vista. All right. And at the when the noise something's coming in from the left or the right, you just kind of picture the hands just sort of pushing it away. And you keep with the deep breathing, you know, that deep through your gut. Right. And uh, and eventually you'll get into a rhythm where you're calm. Do you and do it's that pretty, sitting upright or like laying down? No, you can do it laying down. It eventually, for meditation purposes, you're supposed to do it kind of sitting up because it will it will put you to sleep. Yep. And the real deal is to be able to just be able to focus your thoughts. Yeah, it makes sense. But I use it to put myself to sleep. Like, you know, if it gets... I'll do this... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to go to sleep at 11, and it doesn't work, and I roll over, and I turn the TV back on, and, you know, and I watch that for a while, and I'm like, this is crazy. i got to get up to the next morning, and, you know, 1 o'clock comes around, and I turn the TV back on, and I say, well, screw this. And I, I'll hit the, I'll do the meditation. Right. After all the drugs have failed. Right. <laughs> and the meditation really should be done first, but it works. We used to do that uh, when I did karate as a little kid. Every, every, you know, we would do stretches and whatever, and then we would basically meditate. And then we would go through this little ritual. Any time that we did, did a kata or we were about to spar somebody, we would always basically put ourselves into like a, like a mindset, you know, and basically yep. meditate real quick, clear your mind, and then, you know. It's a... It's a great tool, and there's a lot of people that do it. And there's nothing corny about it or anything. It really, it does work. It puts yourself into a, you know, because I'm always running at like a, I'm always a person that's running at like a simmer. You know what I mean? There's people yeah. that f just okay. run as just a you know a pot full of water. I'm at, always at a simmer, not boiling. There's people that run around boiling. They usually end up in jail. And, uh, you know, it takes it down a few notches. So, I don't know. You any problems sleeping, Kate? Oh, uh, yeah. I get like three hours a night if I'm lucky. I don't know. Is that because you don't want to allow yourself to? No, I um, I usually have nightmares. Like every oh, single night. So wow. Like don't you like drink a lot of caffeine, too? <laughs> no. Not that like I drink a coffee in the morning. Stuff. Or I have like one a day. Do you have repeating nightmares? They're usually around the same theme. Yeah. Maybe not exactly the same thing. Right. But usually... What are they? What kind? So a lot of it stems up from, like, I, I guess you could call it traumatic experiences as a kid. Mm -hmm. And it's usually the same person either trying to hurt me or somebody I care about. A specific person? Yeah. Yeah. So... It's usually something like that, whether it's like the kidnapping or like Apocalypse World. That was my most recent one. Yeah. It was like Apocalypse World, and I was trying to get to Evan. Wow. And like I woke up the second I saw him, and it freaked me out. It was like 3 wow. in the morning. I just didn't go back to sleep. 
Now, are these any type of real people in your lives, or are these fictional? A lot of the times it's real people, like people I see every day, like kids I went to school with, like my own family, he's in a lot of them. And it's usually like one of us is in distress, and I'm like always, always, always trying to get to Evan in them, and it's freaky. I don't. <laughs> I do have dream. I don't dream. I don't have that many nightmares. I have a lot of those. Uh, I call them the big disappointments, because you live in. The, I have these wonderful life dreams, and then you wake up and you're like, "Fuck." <laughs> you know, it's, it's a letdown when you wake up. You know, I'd almost rather have a nightmare because at least you wake up and you go, oh, thank God that's not real. You know, I have had a few where, you know, the government's after me and shit and, you know, I'm trying to run away constantly. And But most of my dreams are, are pretty, you know, I'm some sort of a surfer somewhere and, I can levitate and fly in my dreams. That's how I usually know if I'm dreaming or not. Like, it'll be completely fine. You know, I'm just floating around, and then I realize I'm floating around, and then it's like, and then I wake up, you know? Now, have you had one where you wake up in your dream, but you're still dreaming? I actually, I looped 11 times. I had a dream that I woke up, threw on pants and shoes. Yeah. I don't think I even threw on a shirt, but I went in my garage, grabbed my bow and arrow that I had at the time, and I went out back, and there was a chicken on the woods line of my backyard. Yeah. And I got closer to the chicken, and I shot it with the arrow, went to get it, and started, like, plucking the feathers, and then I woke up again with my alarm. But it was a Saturday, and I, the, the alarm went off at 11 a.m. every time, and it went up, and I had a loop 11 times. And I, I shot a chicken with an arrow 11 times. No and shit. And then I woke up for real. And then I was like, I don't want to get up and go to the garage right now <laughs> and, and go outside and have there be a chicken. So there was no weird. chicken? No. Well, that's good. It's yeah. weird that it was a chicken, that's too. A long, <laughs> that's a long loop. It was, it was uh, one of the red ones. Yeah, Rhode Island red. Because yep. we used to keep chickens. <laughs> I know. The other one... Uh, are the ones that you wake up and you're like, I got to tell Patty about this, and I forget Then you it. forget it, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and it's well. like, if I just concentrated on putting it to memory, <laughs> I would remember it. But I have a lot of apocalypse dreams, too, like zombie apocalypse. You got to go out and kill yeah, the zombies. because you watched that show. I've never Too had Walking one. Dead and yeah, yeah. fall asleep with I've, I've, I've never had a dream <laughs> but like I that. But I love them. I love being in them. Plus, when that show came out, you were still pretty young. I, that was like 2009 oh, well. 2010 that I started. Wa- I started watching season three, so I don't know what year that was. But did you ever go back and watch the first two yeah. seasons? Yeah, I saw the first episode. I saw it like when they got to the jail in season three, and then from there, then I went back to season one and I watched every episode. I've never seen it. I've watched it I'm briefly with you all once. the way caught up on this season, but I've seen every other episode of every other season. Yeah. So. I stopped watching that when was it season seven season premiere? Yeah. They killed off that. my favorite character and I was like, I'm done. Glenn? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was my favorite. That yeah, was everybody's the other, favorite. The other guy that was there from the beginning. Yeah, yeah the Asian now one. A the lot Asian. of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Steven, Asian. Steven Steven Ewan. He was uh Maggie's yeah, husband. Yeah. yeah. 
He was my favorite just from the very beginning, and they killed him off, and I haven't watched an episode since. Do you know everybody in that show is British? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them. A lot of them. Maggie, the girl who plays Maggie. Maggie, Andrew Lincoln is British. The guy that plays Morgan. I'm pretty sure the guy that plays King Ezekiel. Yeah, most of them. A lot of British. Yeah. Isn't that funny? A lot of the side characters that will come on the after show, Talking Dead Live, they do a live talk show about right. what just you happened. You hear them as they, mm-hmm. in their real voice, and you're like, whoa. Isn't that, that's weird you ever think if they're happens. just acting, though? What if they just pretend like they're British? And they actually are from, you know, South Carolina know. or some shit. Why would you, though? I mean, if you don't want people to know where you live freely, you know? Because if you're making true money and you're famous, I don't know. I don't. They're always gonna find out. Do you really though. think Justin Bieber's from Canada? Yes. <laughs> of course he is. All right. It's a thing. People right. will find out anything. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from or what you do to protect yourself. Somebody's gonna find out. Yeah. If they well, want as soon to. as you become a public figure, you're, right. you're you're screwed. Anybody can find out anything about you. That's why. I Apparently, that last big lottery winner is is from a, the, the one of those states that you don't have to, pro, you know, proclaim yourself publicly, so no one will ever know that this person won the. And that's a good thing, you know, for them, because now they can be philanthropic on their own terms, and you know what I mean. They're not gonna have every cause and hunting them down for money and stuff, you know. Is Massachusetts one of those no, states? No, if you win the lottery in Massachusetts, your face is splashed across you, the fucking box have, Boston Herald the have, day you go to the fucking lottery. you have a lawyer collect it for like a business? <laughs> your name is becomes part of the public record. That blows. I mean, like, yeah, you can actually send track. an agent, an, a lawyer, well, to go right. pick up the check, but, but your name is... You. Yeah. There's yeah. no way to... You can't lie to them? What if you have an agent <laughs> well, you go can, to an agent... Listen, and then go to another agent. Yeah, you can work it out so somebody else signs it, but somebody is going to be the winner of record. The, the lottery lists every winner. I don't know if it's every week or if we can go on there and see who won what, you know? Not scratchies or whatever. Although yeah, even won, with those, even... I won $10 on a scratch nice. ticket. Yay! Have you Put ever been paid in, in a winning scratch ticket? <laughs> paid? No. Yeah. What do you mean paid? Like... Somebody owed me like ten oh. or twenty bucks, and they gave me a winner. <laughs> I went down to my mom's done that before. It. She's like, I don't, I'm not gonna go anywhere, so you can just take this. I don't know anyone who keeps a twenty dollar <laughs> ticket without instantly going and getting. I don't know. So no, I can't think of any time anyone giving me. That's like, funny though. It is funny. I mean, it's to put money into it and then just use it. I mean, maybe they, this person. Keeps them for a certain amount of time and then goes play more lottery. I don't know. But, but it's happened more than once with different people. Well, <laughs> then you know some degenerate ticket scratching motherfuckers. You know I what I mean? It. <laughs> I bought my first legal scratch ticket a couple weeks ago. Oh, I, I lost, but. Yeah. Mom asked me to like go get a Mega Millions when it was big, <laughs> like a billion, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even go. I didn't want to. <laughs> it's just she didn't ask you for the ticket. It's she, just not worth it. Well, <laughs> nah. she probably picks numbers anyway. So yeah. the odds the, are so the only, slim. The only way to do it is to do fucking to do a quick pick because you never 
no fucking formula. Well, because you know she always mean? gets two. She gets two. She says, get, get two quick picks. And I'm like, right. right now? And then she's like, I'll just go. It's great, though. Like, being a legal adult and then going to, like, buy a scratch ticket or something. They're looking at my ID. They're yeah. looking up at me. They're looking down. What's your date of birth? And I'm like, February 25th, 2000. They're like, you were born in 2000? I was. I'm older than him by a few months. Oh, seven. What did you think? <laughs> I don't know. I, w- if f- I didn't know you were born in, in the 2000s. See, I got a, I got a thing where I, I had a different life pre-2000, and I got divorced in 2000. All right. So that whole year is just a wash. Well, it's just like my life became totally different. So I never I look at 2000 is not that long ago. It, I mean, it really if you And I have It's a whole but lifetime. But it's the ago. growths. It's the difference between you being not born to being a walking around man. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, I need a fireball now. Time flies. <laughs> <laughs> so I had an exciting day on uh, Wednesday. Oh, I yeah. was I was down at the site. I've got sod coming next week, believe it or not. This is like the best time to put sod down. They do it right up until it freezes because you put sod down and uh, in the before the ground freezes, and it just kind of, it, it might get enough sun between now and like December or something to grow in a little bit, but yeah. it just sort of goes dormant. And then... It just kind of follows, you know, as as days get warmer and stuff, it, it just grows in. So you don't have to go hog wild and and water the crap out of it. Like I had a house this summer that I put the sod in literally in late June. And I spent $1,000 in water keeping that, keeping it alive. Because, you know, you really have to, you know, they're like, if you think you put enough water on it, Double it. You know, that's that's what they tell you. So I was digging around. I went, I had my excavator, and I said, because I had to dig a uh, trench and put uh, the vent to the septic system out towards the edge of the lot. But I needed some rocks. So I started digging around where I knew there was a lot of rocks, completely forgetting that's where I buried the electric line. Ooh. So I went in. And I heard this, I thought I heard like this zap, zap, pop noise. And I came up with the bucket, you know, with the busted conduit and the, yeah. and the electric mm-hmm. light on the bucket. And I, had, I went over to the meter. I tore it right out of the meter box and right off the pole on the other end. And I'm just like, you idiot. Yeah. So now <laughs> I've got this house sitting there. It's got no heat in it. What'd you do? Did you fix it? I called the electrician. I didn't call the electric <laughs> company because after you rip it out, yeah, okay, you, some idiot. Uh. I didn't call the electric. <laughs> <laughs> if you call the electric company, they'll come out and they'll tell the electrical inspector. Right. So if nobody needs that, if nobody else's power was screwed up and it wasn't, nobody else's power because I've got it's a my own transformer on the pole. Yep. So. And it wasn't live. It 
they splice it in the handhold for whatever reason, probably so they can disconnect you if you don't pay. But uh, I just called him and I said, hey, and he goes, don't tell Elsner. And Elsner is the, because the, our wiring inspector in Plymouth is a lunatic. There's something Ooh. wrong with him. <laughs> so. Does he just go by the book? No, he's psychotic. Oh. So there's days when he says, hey, how you doing? It's a great day out today. And I'm like, yep, it sure is. And then there's times when you say, how you doing, Mark? And he doesn't look at you. And he <laughs> walks by you and goes into the house. What's his name, Mark? Mark Elsner. <laughs> I know. He's, he's psychotic. I know a guy named Mark like that. I work with him. He works second shift. He usually takes over whatever job I'm working on. He's just hes just a grumpy old little man. You're going to knock that over. Now, wait a minute. Kate, are you the welder? I am. Oh. <laughs> so, listen to this one. All right. I don't know what you weld. It's mostly stainless. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's pretty. So, I have this big Hyundai excavator. It's old. Well, it's a 97. So it's all the new guys. Right. But for me, it's not that old. <laughs> it's perfect. It runs great. It's got a Cummins 5.9 liter engine in it. So I was digging a trench. This is a month ago. And I'm noticing that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the bucket. But there's this lateral side-to-side -side movement going on. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Because, you know, there's a pin up there where, where the knuckle is, where the boom meets the arm. Right. And I had replaced that pin, and I'm like, why? This is like two feet of play in each direction. And I looked up, and, you know, it's a, it's a welded box section of steel on the boom, and two sides had cracked in half. Oof. That's no fun. And I'm like... I don't, I don't know how it happened. So I was able to get it. I was able to kind of get it right back together. And I, I've i got a trailer outside that I've got two welders in. I've got a, uh, a Miller inverter welder mm -hmm. that's a 200-amp welder. It does. You could do stick. You can do um, wire feed. Or you can do TIG. And then I've got just a big Miller transformer welder that's wire feed. And I welded it back together, but then I went and put on the bottom, it was a pretty lousy brake. So like I ground out the brake, I, I welded it, but then I put plates on each side, welded it on, and then put a plate over the crack and welded that on as well. And then I just put a like five big ass beads down the side, just making this, you know, big weld. But a lot of it looks terrible because yeah. <laughs> how the hell do you, how do you get good at, what's the trick to welding over your head? Um, it's really, I think the rule of thumb is 10,000 hours of practice. That's what we were taught in school. It's just, you need to get comfortable. That's a big thing. Get as comfortable as you can the way you're standing. If you can do it any other position other than overhead, then do it that way. 
it's you know make sure like I like to lean on things like I I do a lot of TIG. Ninety nine percent of the work I do yeah. at my shop is TIG, so I always freehanding is a lot harder than having a solid place to put your arm. For sure. So I like to have. I usually it's a bad practice because then you get zapped if you do something wrong. Yeah. By grounding yourself to the table, but the more stable you can get your physical body, the easier it's going to be. But well, it really comes down to a lot of practice. I had a lot of. It's probably. Most of my problem is going too fast, being yeah. impatient. Because another thing is, since it's been kind of cold, one thing that would help make it look better, weld better, and weld stronger is preheating it. Yeah, that's true too. That would help a lot. I had to do that because I had to weld some hardened steel to Ooh. some mild steel, and so I had to heat the shit out of the hard, the mild steel, because. The hardened steel doesn't expand and contract as much as the mild steel. Right. So if you heat the mild steel way up, and I, you know, I read this from a, on welders online or something, <laughs> because I, I tried it trial and error, and as it dried, it would pop. I yep. mean, as it cooled, you'd hear this pop, and then it would and just split be a crack. Open. Yep. And I'm like, shit, how do I stop this from happening? So I looked it up and. So I had one of those torches hooked up to an LP bottle that, you know, blew out a big flame mm-hmm. and really got the mild steel hot and so that it's much hotter than the the um You can't cuz you want them to cool around the same time, the same temperature, the same time. Yes. But like if you can preheat it, definitely preheat it. It's never a bad idea. Well, and then I found out that it really matters how much power you have going, and then your wire speed. Yeah. If, if it's a wire feed, see, I don't like MIG welding. It's my definitely my least favorite. It's messy. It's You have to get the settings perfectly, and you can't adjust your speed as you're going. Like with stick, you can. With TIG, you definitely can. You can increase your heat and everything right. as you're going. But MIG is you have to get those settings perfect, or you're adapting to what the machine's giving you. I never thought of it that way because you are in control when you stick well too, aren't yep. you? You can. But when you get the MIG right, then it's it's beautiful. Yeah. Because you don't. Although TIG is like that too, but TIG is like TIG is hard. My, it's my favorite. It's I've awesome. I tried to do TIG. Well, I st- with aluminum. It's probably a lot easier with steel. Yeah. Start with steel and maybe go to the aluminum. Alu- if you can TIG weld aluminum, you can TIG weld anything. Well, I, I just started by making lines. It's all I had. I bought some. I had some aluminum. I bought this machine. I have two spool guns for aluminum. Those are nasty. <laughs> and aluminum's cool to weld. I mean, it's like because it, there's no puddle to follow, really. It's a it's really a different experience. Yeah. it's It's got to be clean. That's the thing. Yeah, if it's not you perfect, a, if you don't have your settings right, if... If you ever try to DC weld aluminum, it's not going to work. And if you have the wrong tungsten, too, it's it's going to be a bad time. If it's not clean, you're going to get porosity, and right. then it's just going to crack. And when aluminum cracks, it's hard to fix because the crack's just going to keep going. So, like, if you ever have aluminum that cracks, drill a hole at the end of the crack right. to release that pressure, and then you can try to fill it, but it's probably going to crack more. Can you weld? I tried this. And I was able to do it for a, a little, it lasted a little while. But I, 
you know, everybody said you can't weld uh, forged or, or cast aluminum. And I'm like, well, it's aluminum. Why not? And I was able to do it, and it, eventually it failed. But, you know, after, like, I got a... It was a pressure washer, and I got, like, the summer out of it. So what, do you, what are your thoughts on welding cast and forged stuff? Um, with cast stuff, preheating, definitely. It has to be. Like, definitely has to be. And it has to be clean, too. With cast, most of the time, it's soldered. That's usually what people go for. Like I, one of his machine teachers, I fixed a pot for him, a cast right. iron pot, and you have to preheat it, make sure everything's as clean as you can make it, weld it, and then throw it in sand. Because if cast cools too quick, it's gonna crack. No kidding. So now, what what do you mean when you say soldered? Like silver solder. It's 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 kind of like brazing, which is just. Torch. So do you use a, use a, it's torch, a torch in a, and, in a stick? Yeah. Okay. But this, you have to dip it in... Flux? A type of flux, yeah. Okay. For solder. I haven't done much solder, but it's it's fun. I've done a ton of, like, you know, I used to build all kinds of electronic crap, you know, so using a soldering iron and stuff. Yep. But I've heard of... I've never done any brazing or soldering or anything yeah. like that. And... I got turned off from the TIG because I started with the aluminum. I do have a, I got a box of steel rods, and if I have some time, I'll probably start messing around with it because I think it's really cool just being able to feed it. You can do real, real fine work yep. with a TIG welder. I've done like maybe a sixteenth wide of a weld before with stainless, and like eventually you learn to without having to stop and then change your hand on the wire. You can learn to feed it with your fingers and. It gets really cool the better you get at it. Now, what are you making? Um, I work at Suncor Stainless, so we do a lot of um, a lot of railings, like sure. chain. I, I do chain all the time because like, we have chain-making machines. It gets inspected. Any links that need to be taken out or repaired come to me. Then the machine shop, sometimes they'll do little teeny like eye hooks, that aren't originally on a swivel, break it apart, put it on a swivel, weld the nut on so you can't take it off. Mm -hmm. A whole bunch of different stuff. So we're talking like decorative balcony railings, you yeah. know, that type of thing. So I mean like a chain between <laughs> two posts kind of thing? Uh, well, so sometimes it's vertical. The chain runs vertical on these too, doesn't it? It's, it's It depends. Yeah. A lot of the um, railings that we do, they're called spectrum posts. So they get um, like steel cable as tensioners going mm -hmm. between them. The chain typically doesn't go on the um, the railings themselves. That's kind of like a different category in itself. Like we got a, a catalog that's like it's pretty thick with all the different stuff we do. And so is the chain? I'm trying to picture it. Is it a part of the rail itself? No, not typically. Usually oh, the it's chain some sort is of structural. Thing. Yeah, you can actually if you go to like Lowe's or something. You can look and find something from Suncor Stainless My there. My computer would start. <laughs> the, sta the, 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 the cable railings, though. The, the cable the, rail is, they sell. Is that cable, the cable rail that's part of the the um, the railing system? Is you you, uh, you do you weld that that too? Is that welded? Uh, the ca not the cable itself. That's something different. That doesn't ever come to me. But I well, get the opportunity to see it before it it gets shipped out. Right. I think it is so cool that we have two people here 
who, you know, at, your father and I both went to college, okay? And the col- college is not the end-all, be-all. No, definitely not. And it's, you know, when I went, it there were a lot of... Somewhere along the line, because, I mean, I'm... I'm as blue collar as you can get. <laughs> I mean, I, I build houses for a living. I don't do that much. You know, I'm not, I, but I dig my own hole. I'm not a white collar person. You know, I'm not suit and tie. I mean, this is, I go to work like this. Yeah. So, and it's, there's a, somewhere it became like you're sort of a second rate person if you get into like any kind of trade or, you know, whether it be a welder, I didn't even realize. Like when you, Evan, I didn't think there were any machine shops left. Like I was surprised when your dad told me. There's so there's many. Like, there's, they're everywhere. Yeah, they're yeah. everywhere. You can if you know if you, you want to work in a machine shop, you can find work. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever want to be shops. a welder, just head on down to the docks. You can get a job welding. And a lot a of places. Do medical and military work, so you can see a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, and probably stuff that's classified you can't tell people about. Mm-hmm. And the better the economy is, the better it is for folks like them. Well, that's always that's for good or bad. You know, if for you're good in finance, you usually make more money while everybody else is that's suffering. That's fine, but what I'm saying <laughs> is because they're scumbags. Yeah. There is a boom. Going on now in the commercial construction business. I'm not. I don't pay attention to the residential market anymore. You can. You know better than I do as far as that goes. But as far as commercial construction goes, unprecedented. What do you mean, commercial buildings? Yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, just the amount of construction that is going on, both ground up and you know renovation. I was it's, gonna just it's undying. How do you know that? And then I forgot that he's an estimator for a company. I could work 24 hours, seven days a week, and never, ever, ever run out of shit to bid on. It's amazing how much is going on. Yeah, and so folks like these kids are going to... when it's dead out there. Yeah, these places want fucking decorative railings. Well, she's she's welding, you know what I mean? some, Some kind of... Fucking anything, p- part anything for a machine everything, or whatever. Everything. Yeah. It's everything and everything, right? Everything and anything. Everything is made by a machine yep. that was made by a machine. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, like I get him to he's <laughs> closer to the fridge. But the yeah. cool thing is, is not only do I work on machines, but I, I take things from raw material and turn them into tools I and know you like that. assembly yeah. line parts and that is really I mean it's absolutely like I'm not just like I I I'm went to a place that. in uh over there Plimpton area or mm-hmm. something and it's injection molding mm-hmm. and they needed a machinist to repair the molds when necessary right so it's kind of like how Poppy worked in the brass shop sure but plus there's got to be an opportunity to create molds there too right um not necessarily no. because a lot of the stuff they they used to, but now they just order it. They order the mold. So, but there are s- places you can work and make molds too, though. They send Definitely. out. Well, yeah. they a tool send and die shop. Tool and die shop. Send out what you're gonna make, and then they make the negative. Is that's more along the line what you probably want to do every day anyway, right? That would be pretty legit. But I do the opposite, where I take 
something that is already there, mm-hmm. and then I make that instead of making a mold. I don't know. Yeah. Like I make an actual part, you know. Right. So do you make the? Do you repair the mold that gets? Does it get worn, or do you? I make make another one. I make. The same? I make. I take a chunk of aluminum or steel, put it in a milling machine, and make it according to the print. It's like program the machine to do okay. what it wants it to do. So maybe when they make t- this is a question for as a. Formed as a statement, so when they make the initial mold, they save the programming on how it was made. Talking about like injection molding. Well, I guess now that I think about it, because the 3D printing, you have a machine. It's a slicer. Because I got, I have a couple 3D printing machines that I haven't used in a while. But it takes the object and then slices it into, you know, and the more slices, the more accurate it is. It's kind of like an integral. I mean, you, the more, you know, if you take 300 slices of an object this big, it's going to have a certain resolution. Whereas if you take 600 or 1,000, it'll be, you know, it becomes finer because the slices are smaller. But, uh... And it's probably, and those slicing programs take the drawing and turn it into instructions that tell the 3D printer what to do. So I'm guessing that it, in uh, CNC machining, you can put the thing in and it must turn it into some sort of a program. Like, yeah, you how use, am I going to move 10,000 times? You use... X, Y, and Z, and that just tells where the center of the tool is going to go, basically, to cut the side of this, and then change tool, drill a hole, bore it out, you know, tap it, whatever. But is there a program that'll take the object and (coughs) turn it into the instructions? Like, use this tool... Do these movements, change tool, do these movements. I mean, the machinist is kind of that program. Yeah. It's the machinist telling the computer what to do. Okay. Or the machine. Right. So if you have an object and it looks like an egg and you want to make an egg, Mm -hmm. how do you do it? An egg would be, well, what I would do is I would, I would probably take a piece of round stock, put it in a vise, you know, do one one half of it, then flip it around, put it in a vise with the shape of the half egg that I just made, then do the other side. That's what I would do. What I'm asking is, I'm trying to figure out what the, what this, if you're going to do a CNC machine and you're going to program the machine to make the part, so take an egg. Mm-hmm. How would you go from egg? What steps is it to take it? Go from an the egg plan of the egg, right? You got a plan of an egg. If you were gonna make half of this bottle for a yeah. injection mold thing, all right. Injection how do you go mold. from? How do you make? 
not I'm not so much interested in the injection mold, but how do you how do you tell the machine to cut the metal a certain way? Do you enter in each individual step yourself? Yeah, like like uh, you're talking like feed Move rate three millimeters over. Yeah, on the, uh, yeah, like you're talking feed XYZ. rate and like how fast the tool's moving, that type of stuff. Yeah, that's like in in school basically. That's what we studied, and so a lot of stuff I know in my head, like how to cut certain types of metal, or like how to, you know, what type of tool I'm using. If it, if it has a certain amount of teeth on it, you know, I can cut slower or faster, you know, that type of stuff. I mean, I can't really picture what you're saying with the egg, though. I know. <laughs> so what he's saying, Evan, all right, you got to make an egg. For some reason, you got to make eggs out of steel, okay? Just this big, the size yeah. of a regular egg. Okay. How do you go about it? What He wants to know the exact... So you, you, you can, get the piece of you material. You probably do it on a lathe a lot easier than in a mill. Yeah. Okay. But I'm talking about but he just programs for example, it. how to program yeah. it so it makes the egg. Yeah, you can do it on a machine or in a CAD file. Or That's what I'm talking about. You can about. draw in a CAD file, and the CAD file will make G-code to then, you know, put in... And that's exactly what I'm but getting I also at. know G-code. When I use a 3D printer, mm-hmm. I draw it in CAD. Yep. And then I have it sliced, in a, and it makes a G-code file. Yep. And then I send that to the, which is just an XYZ. You know, if you look at the code, it's yep. 100,000 lines of, you know, right. X, Y, and Z. Right. So the, call it a compiler, whatever it does, it, it, it deconstructs the part into... Right. Slices basically into so, dimensions, yeah, right. So it de- it basically deconstructs the part into steps. Okay, and then it, I would imagine it gets a little more complicated with you because I've just got an extruder. You've got you know a multitude of different milling tools you can I'm use. Ri- I'm just away. I'm ripping the metal off of whatever I'm making, essentially. Right, and it goes down to. Um, ten thousandths of an inch. So split a f- piece of paper thirty times. Yeah, it's ten thousandths of an inch is pretty thin. Hey, speaking of which, it's micro. When do you want me to? Do you really want to do this bike? Yeah. Okay. I have. I brought the parts in, and I'll. What did you get for a kit? Like, is it a top end kit? I got the whole. I got a bottom and top end. So you kit. just got a whole new engine. It's not a whole new engine, but it's got the. I was thinking like like a rebuild kit. Say the say the bearing between the connecting rod is broken. Yep. I, I'm sorry. Say that. Say the bearing on the big end of the connecting rod is broken. Yep. Then you're stuck in a situation where you have to split the crankshaft in half because it's a it's there's roller bearings in a two-stroke engine and that's a real precision thing to do apparently or from what i've read so i said screw it i'm just gonna buy because most likely it is screwed up and if if it's not i'll sell it on ebay or something you know what i mean (laughs) it wasn't that much money because 
I mean, it's a big job. You got to tear this whole engine down, yep. split the cases, and mm-hmm. take everything off of it, and then put it back together. So I got the the only thing that I couldn't answer the guys because two strokes. Typically, what happens is you start with a stock cylinder, and then it wears a little bit, and you bring it down, and you have it bored, and you go to like. Uh, they call it one over, so I don't know whether it's a hundredth over. The cil- yep. this piston mm-hmm. sizes go up. Yep. I don't know if this piston is going to... It's bigger, but I don't know whether it's going to match. So I don't know whether boring the cylinder is within your uh, resume of skills. You got that lathe mill? I haven't set it up. But I may have to... We may have to find a place just to have it bored. I'm pretty sure that machine could probably do that job. It will, but I, I don't know what I'm going to be able to set that up. I am going to set it up, though. I, I bought a big, one of those big tent buildings, and I'm going to put it out back on a concrete slab. Cool. And that's where I'm going to put that thing. I was going to give it to you, but or exchange it. But now I'm just going to pay you because I want to screw with it. So back to the original reason I bought it. And any time you want to use it, you can use it. Yeah, and I don't even know if he'd want to. I Because it's more about having the... It's not just the having the equipment. It's having the right bits and stuff like that. I'd like to have him come over and teach me a little bit, you mm. know, how to do a few things. I mean, like, for me, making, like... A, Spacers would be huge. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Making a spacer that's a certain height, certain width, certain on the inside, certain width on the outside. Right. That kind of stuff is yeah. all the time. I'm Maybe looking a couple for holes in it. Because yeah. I need to, you know, I'll have a hole that a pin goes through and it's all worn out and I've got the new bushing. But if I could just make myself a spacer that would go into the hole first and then I could sort of kind of tack weld it in there and then fit the bushing to it and then put the thing back together. It'd be, you know, as good as new. Yeah, that stuff's, yeah. That's why you want to have machines to make shit with if you got... No, I don't need to do that. I should probably just... I should... If the smart move would just be to give the thing to Evan, <laughs> and then so he, have him make me the space, yeah, or he I could need do it. all the stuff for you. So it's not taking up space here; it's taking up more space in his garage. But, <laughs> but you do want to learn how to do it, is what you say. It's well, all about love, making it with you. For, for Joe, love he loves shit. making stuff. I love like right. seeing it that I could actually, you know, I, like I made a whole trailer, a big trailer, welded it all together. I sold it to from raw steel. I wonder if it's falling apart. <laughs> well, because I've had well, it had all fails. the proper de- uh, Department of Transportation paperwork, didn't it, Joe? Yes, it do- It did. It was certified <laughs> somehow. Because <laughs> not only does Joe adept at making stuff, he's adept at well. All right, we can make. I can make a lot of things, including paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever works. Whatever it takes, man. I was thinking about that earlier. A lot of people can do that type of stuff, like how you're talking about menthol cigarettes. Yeah. 
I read something once how like the Newport cigarettes in certain cities aren't like real Newport cigarettes and they have some type of chemical in them and people just print legit looking stickers and slap them on there oh no shit like it probably goes down I I would I wouldn't I would it probably goes down I think the old because they can all the printing is you can do on a computer no matter what yeah they think it's population control for minority you know communities well that's the whole other thing about the FDA wanting to take away, they think they're going to be helping people, but what they're going to do is they're going to hurt people because people are going to make they're going to get anyway. they're going to get their menthol cigarettes and they're going to cost twenty bucks a pack, not ten. You know what I mean? And the, the poor pot, listen. The fact of the matter is ninety percent of people, ninety uh, percent of black people who smoke smoke menthols. Why is that? And 90% of the black people who smoke menthols, 40 to 5 to 50% of them live below the poverty line. <laughs> so they're going to smoke their fucking cigarettes. You know what I mean? And they're going to just get poorer if the FDA st- starts regular. It's just wacky. We live well, in a state where fucking well, two days ago, you could fucking, it's now legal to get recreational pot, which, you know, I got no problem with it. It's great for the economy, recreational pot. They're building fucking ground up facilities for this shit, and they got to get painted. You know is what I mean? Some, is there a place you can go to now? Yeah, Leicester one opened, and Northampton they open on Tuesday or Monday. I forget what day. That's and a good they had ride. line out the doors between the two of them. They did four hundred and forty thousand dollars in sales the first day, which was something. I forget how much for the state. The state got like thirty five percent of it. It's not bad. Um, but it's ridiculously expensive. It's it's fifty bucks or an eighth of fucking weed. It's stupid. No, like with the taxes, do they tax it? Yeah, that's the point. So there's still going to be a lot of underground. Well, you can grow your own weed, right? Yeah, you can get. Uh, you can get a permit. Tw- no, twelve. You can do twelve plants without permit. Oh. Anybody in Massachusetts can just grow twelve. Pl- it's twelve. It's twelve. Okay. You sure? It's not I'm six? positive it's 12. 12 per household? Yes. Some yes. lady approached us about taking a course learning how to grow. We went to Hempfest on my birthday. Yeah, that's where we went. Now where Boston. is Hempfest? Boston it was Common. in the Commons in Boston. They have a music festival and then... <coughs> it's been going on for 20 years. You can buy, you can buy seeds, clothes, you can buy flour, you can buy oil, you can buy pre-rolls, you can buy edibles, you can buy... Because it's all distillate, you can buy. It's decriminalized in Massachusetts, yeah, it's right? Legal, yeah. but it's if you're 21. But you can't. Can you just? You can't sell it, but you can give it to somebody. You can, right? Those 21. Yeah, yep. they, you can't have more than an ounce on your person. If you have more than an ounce on your person, you get slapped with distri- distribution. Does that mean like an ounce in your house? Yeah, you can have an ounce. Well, that goes against the 12 no. pot plants, though, doesn't it? No. You can't have more than you can have what you want. You're, you're, listen, six even six plants is going to be way more than an ounce. You know I what know. I mean? Twelve will yield you anywhere between <coughs> half a pound and two pounds, depending on how you know good you are at growing. You know. Um, but yeah, you can't have more than an ounce on your person, and you can't smoke in public. That's a rule. You can't just. You can get a ticket for smoking on a sidewalk. Oh, somewhere. but the thing is, at Hempfest, you can smoke in the common. You just can't sell it. 
you can't sell THC products. That's that's what the rule is. But you know, you can like give away samples. They they sell yeah, they sell um like they have uh people that are glass vendors, they sell custom like bongs and pipes or whatever. And uh, you know, you can, you know, trade, you know. They went after uh they put Tommy Chong in jail. I saw that. For selling bongs. I think what he did is he sold he sold bongs across state lines because he mail ordered them yeah. to like the wrong state. Yeah. And that's how they got it. I think it was a federal Yeah, thing. he did he did time in a federal prison. So not that long though. And I'm like, what a ridiculous thing yeah, to and, do. And again, <laughs> Someone who's in the public spotlight, they're going to make an example out of a person like that. You know what I mean? And they did. Well, they made a bad example because it probably pissed sure more people off than yeah. they were happy that, you know, you look at Tommy Chung, who looks like the most harmless individual going. Right. Who's like a grandfather, and you Fucking put him in jail for he, selling They put him, in, put him in jail when he was like 69 he, or 70. He's 80 now. Jail? No, no, no. He did. He did like a year and a half or something. Yeah, it, w- it wasn't long, but it was long enough. <laughs> He's eighty now. Going to jail at all is bad for that yeah, sentence. Right. Is that like minimum security or is that? He was in a federal prison. He Max probably security, wasn't solitary. I, yeah, I don't think he was in solitary. <laughs> <laughs> he probably had a fucking you know. You don't think Tommy Chong was in solitary? Like if you're if you're a celebrity, they don't do that for no, you. No, because he wasn't in that type of prison. He's not looking for that. He was in one of these. Fucking come and go as you need. Fucking, you know what I mean? He's not on lockdown 23 hours a day. All right. You know what I mean? Tell Cat, I'm going to keep drinking these, yeah. but I have to go find Mike's. Is it just the Mike regular? Light. I, I yeah, think they have it. They do. These that are is 220 thing, calories oh, yeah. a piece. Oh, so. yeah. They have them. Oh, while you're up, Al. <laughs> Which is more than, uh, way more than a beer. Oh my God! That's four beers. <laughs> that's four of my. Your light boys. Something happened to me. Also, I... twice the booze is the light beer you drink. That's got a lot of booze in it. I know, but I can't drink that many because I'll be five hundred pounds. I don't know how <laughs> much calories are. There's probably a lot in this. Well, too. I think the Fireball is a lot more than like a vodka because it's very sweet. Yeah. There's a lot of sugar in it. I mean, those fucking mics is like a soda. You might as well be having a Coke. <laughs> You know but I mean? they've got light. It's they do. Hundred calories. Yeah, yeah, no, and they're good. But they just—they don't have it over at the terrace. Is that where you've been buying it? I didn't. Lo- I didn't know they had it. This regular lemonade is 150 calories. Yeah, because this now this has sugar and booze. It has yeah. 42 grams of carbs. Yeah, this coffee's probably it's got quite a bit. While you put regular sugar in your coffee. Yes. Yeah, well. Well, you look like you're pretty thin. Yeah. You'll be all right for a while. For a little bit, a couple, Kate, couple of years. Kate's, a, Kate's interesting. Not only is she a, a tradeswoman, but she also is one of these crazy athletic people who can fucking spin, do oh. them fucking <laughs> flips on a run, I, I'm, backwards I'm and frontwards. CrossFit lunatics? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. I she was a gymnast, I'm saying. Competitive <laughs> cheerleading. I haven't... It's been a while. I'm kind of... We call it as all I know is I saw a fucking video and she's doing flips. <laughs> yeah, literally no, I, flips. I did that. One I, st- after I started when I was eight, and I did that until I was fifteen, and I was pretty good. Like they, 
my coaches called me a powerhouse. Like I was one of the smallest kids on the team, but I was mm-hmm. still the one throwing the kids in the air. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was That's really cool. A yeah. lot of it's a lot of money. Like I could go on for hours about the cheerleading industry. It's so much bullshit. At this point, then when I first when I first started, it was so much different. But like now, I don't think I'd be able to do it now because it's so much garbage. Yeah, everything is so much money. Even if you go to a small gym like these competitions, they made a new rule. Like a lot of teams, they'll travel. Like my the gym I used to go to is in West Bridgewater. And they would go to like Dallas, Texas, go around. We one of the ones I went to for our non-travel year, we went to New Jersey and we went to Florida. Yeah, non-travel. It was a non-travel year, (laughs) but usually they'd go to NCA in Texas and all these big things. And one rule that they the industry just made was if you say if I had like a family that lived in Texas. I can't stay with them. I have to go to a hotel. Hmm. Oh, these so are they probably can make them. They can make rules. It's um, no, it's no. Just, this is this is cheering teams. Like it's not like they were cheering for the local football team. No, they, it's competitive. It's like competitive. But do you have to be like an amateur? It's it's all by your skill level. But no, but I mean, can you get paid by like a? Can yeah. you get a sponsor if you I wanted can. to? If I stayed in it, I could have gotten a scholarship for it to go to college. Be- a girl that I was on a but team with. But now, why couldn't you stay with somebody that you know in Texas? Because the hotels were around the area were losing money during those competition events because of family in the area, and they didn't want that. So they said, "You can't host your event in our state if we're unless, not get, unless we're oh, getting this right amount of money." You know, our last podcast, I talked. So I don't know anything more, about more, sports. more occasion for trough feeding, Joe. That's all. That's what she's saying. I hate college athletics because what it's become is a bunch of white guys, rich white guys, and they recruit these black kids out of the inner cities to play football and basketball. They can't pay them. Now the coach is making the Ten. highest paid coach is making eleven million dollars. And there's kids that are playing, they give him a scholarship and they say, Oh, well, he's getting a free education. However, every single free moment of his time, he can't study. He has to be there in the summertime playing this sport. And if he gets hurt, well Sorry. You know, Going back. See home. you later. And these kids are some of these kids aren't even eating, and they're sleeping in their car and stuff. Meanwhile, these rich scumbags are making a fortune off of this college athletic stuff. And it's just, to me, it's infuriating. It's like these people ought to be rounded up and killed. Like this that might be Emmert. a little extreme. What's, <laughs> his, what's his name, Emmert? Mark Emmert, I think we're talking no, about. Mark Emmert, the... He's the head of the NCAA, and you hear this this pasty-looking white guy. It's just one of those people you'd just, you know, you'd see him. He'd look like he'd be, like, I don't know, like, just some asshole that just says no. Like, the worst banker, you know, he just says no to everything. Just an asshole. And he's like, whoa, well, no, we're giving a valuable thing. And I mean, like... You got a guy, they're making you millions of dollars. 
Mark Emmerich know. makes a pretty good paycheck, by the way. I never saw how much he made. Well, in 2015, he made $1.9 million. Yeah. So you figure he's over two now. Oh, 2.4 now. Yep, he makes 2.4. But the kid that's playing the game, <laughs> yep. that if it wasn't for the cat athlete, there wouldn't be any Mark Emmerich. He wouldn't be making anything. Yeah, and then all so the it's crazy. you know, and then all the it, again, it's like what, what Kate was talking about. You know, it's all about money because everyone's got to get their piece of the pie. But if Nike wants to fucking put their name on some uniforms, you know, part of Mark Emmert's fucking salary is coming directly from oh, fucking yeah. Nike somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Meanwhile, this follow the fucking money. They're selling sneakers for I don't know. Two hundred bucks a pair. Dude. I have no idea what they sell sneakers for anymore. Because I buy my sneakers at Walmart. Because <laughs> they're made by. At least I know and recognize that my sneakers are made by Chinese people. Somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. In Probably China. And I'm paying the right amount, like nineteen ninety nine. Companies <laughs> like we watched a video in our history class about the biggest factory in China, and they they've got it made over there. Like a shoe factory now, or anything? Oh, they, they just make, every, make everything, every, anything and everything. Whatever From you Apple order, they fucking make to it. Like a toaster, or like stereos anything and, and everything. Right. Yeah, yeah. They've got it made there. Though. A lot of people make knockoff products over yeah. there. But the only, the only problem is, is that it's definitely not a sweatshop anymore over there. Well, <laughs> at least in what I've seen. Let's put it seen. this way: Foxconn, which is the company that makes Apple phones is in China and Foxconn has their own housing and they have nets around, around the it. building yep. because so many people try to kill themselves oh, it's like the old company uh, factory town out. the old factory town around here around these parts north. so they're not all that happy well Maybe I mean they're one. basically the working one, I mean, six days a week for some sort of slave wage they get free rent, phones, so. and they got to buy fucking their groceries at the company store. <laughs> yeah, it's probably just as it's yeah, just yeah. like the old, it's like the old coal towns. So, yeah, in exactly. West Virginia. Yeah, where the where the fucking the, the or mill towns and yeah, exactly what what I, yeah, it's the same thing, same exact thing. You got to buy your because fu- you ain't fucking driving. Is that what Hitler did with the Jews? What do you mean? Like put them in ghettos and make them live like... I think they just lived in ghettos. What he did was he, he loaded them up all on trains and brought them to concentration camps. Well, they made they them work. all well, they worked. Out of their neighborhood. Yeah, they worked. They I worked in the concentration camps. I'm talking the idea but of they weren't f- Germany. It's, I mean, if you look at... I don't know. You just look at like the wage... Talk into the microphone. You just look at like how much things cost and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, you know, like you're saying, they have to like work... Six days a week and stuff, and they only get so much. Yeah, that concentration camps was those. That was eighteen-hour days, and seven they just days a week until you died, and then <laughs> just they literally worked you till you died. And then by the time they figured out that, uh, or shoot you if you just started getting a little run down. And then each camp made something different. And then there were a couple camps that were the final camp that you go to when you're no longer fucking physically able to keep working. You get sent to the gas camp. And they fucking gassed you and put you in a mass grave with all all your other people. We went there and we saw the ovens that they burnt them in, and they looked like pizza ovens. It was not a uh, happy see a place. Picture? Huh? You want to see a picture sure. of the ovens that they burned the Jews yeah. in? 
They had a real. They had it made really good though. Apparently, you stuffed a guy in there, and then he burnt up a little bit, and then went down a chute. Yeah, no, they and have, then they had a whole that added fire because you had to keep a con- yeah, constant, yeah. constant heat. Going. Yeah, they killed twenty five hundred people an hour at Auschwitz. Wow. Which one did we go to? They made a real Dachau. Yeah, we went to Dachau. Auschwitz was the the most efficient killing I don't know, call what you killing machine ever devised by man. So basically they have it's like it looks like a pizza oven. They just they put them on, on these you know, that's what they put the body on. They shove them in there. And, like, there's exhaust and stuff. And the thing and that's kind of... They had, you know, it goes out the back. Like, you know. Like Joe said, they drop down. You know. burn up a little, they drop down. Uh, yeah. And, the and once they get the moisture out of them, their fuel to burn the other people. Yeah, and it's crazy. when they burnt them, it was like it was snowing. And there would always be ashes Everywhere. Everywhere. And they also um, had... And nobody knew in the towns right next door. Yeah, no, there's literally houses right next to the gates. Right. Yeah. And, and they asked all the people. My buddy's dad was a mayor of a town during World War II. Like, Dachau is the town. It's not It's not the camp. It's, right. It's the small town. And Krakow is the town where Auschwitz right. is in. Yeah. And my... Buddy's father, he, had a, he got a silver star in World War II for, I don't know, I think he, he was in a recon person. And he and a small group would go ahead and tell everybody the way behind what's going on. And he literally, like, held off, killed, like, 50 Germans that attacked, that were going to attack. He woke up first and manned a machine gun. But he was a mayor of a town. And he made all of the citizens of the town go to the concentration camp and help clean up the dead bodies and stuff. So, and they all said, we didn't know what was going on over there. Now you didn't see the trainloads of people going by your house there with the tracks right there? You know, all the people staring out of the barbed wire windows. No, we thought they were going to, you know... Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> Disney yeah. World. SeaWorld. On a happier note, we went to see the castle that inspired Walt Disney to build Cinderella's castle. Which was also built by slaves that yep. died in the castle. And was that Germany or Austria? Uh, Germany. Germany. It's like that's on the, the one line, that's though. probably way up on top of the mountain. Yeah. Yep. Right. And there's a waterfall new, new where they put the dead bodies. Something with an N. But I was... Well, most... Great things were built by slaves, you know. Yeah, but there was there was this one the Great Wall of China. There was this one inbred family, and they were all each other's uncle or something, and they're all named after each other, whatever. And then they all got um, brutally murdered in this lake, uh, you know, by the slaves that built the castle. Basically, it was basically like mutiny, but a castle instead of a ship. So when was the castle built? What year? Uh, hundreds of years ago. It's a 19th know. century no Romanesque for revival palace, so in the 1800s it was What's built. What's that, Neuschweinstein? Yep, Neuschweinstein, yep. I know the, I, I've seen the picture of the building. 
Because when it's not that big, it really isn't. Like, well, when you like, look at though, when you look at it's about it's whose about whose castle is it at Disney World? Uh, uh, well, Pixie, oh, Cinderella. 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 It looks like that, but that's only about forty by fifty feet. It's not. It's not a lot of square. The footage rooms inside are a lot smaller than you'd expect them to be by looking I mean, at it from the, the outside. People back then were probably about like four feet tall, yeah. so it would be. You know, they were definitely smaller. <laughs> All right, really even people in nineteen twelve were smaller. You know what I mean? Yeah. When they made Fenway fucking park that you can't fit in if you're a fucking mm-hmm. me-sized person. Yeah, I know. Fuck Fenway. They need a new fucking stadium. Sorry. There's a movie. <laughs> I can fit no problem. Oh, yeah. You got no problem. <laughs> I think it has Clint Eastwood in it. I could be wrong. I could have it mixed up. And I believe it's called Where... Definitely has... Uh, Talk about Where Eagles Dare. Where Eagles Dare. Yeah. And they... The Germans are up. You have to take a... Like a ski lift. A gondola to get up to this German headquarters. Yeah. Yeah. And... This was a whole. It was a great, great movie, wasn't it? It had uh, about the castle and Ri- that. Richard Burton, and uh, but there was a castle up. You know, the Germans had taken it over, and that was their headquarters. And yeah. they went up there and killed a bunch of people and took over and shit. Yeah, but the- it was done in the winter time. I like movies done in the winter time because you can. F- I know what it's like to have frozen fingers. That place is called the Honewerfen Castle, but in the movie it had a different name. They called it the Schlody Adler, Adler or something. Now, is it the Cinderella Castle? No, it's different than the one you're talking about. It looks like that, though. It, it does look like that one. It's from the same era. In case anybody is wondering, my computer still isn't booted yet. Sucks. Sorry, buddy. Woof. What do you have to be? You didn't do it. I'm just, whatever. It's kind of like if somebody gets sick or... Their sister dies or something. You say you're sorry. <laughs> I didn't kill your sister either. You know what I mean? But I'm sorry <laughs> well, she's I mean, dead. Hope not. Richard Burton, Clint Eastwood, and Mary Ure. I don't really have any idea who that is. Well, that was a great movie. Yeah. This fucking thing is shaking. Like a yeah, it leaf. is. It is? Yeah, it was. Yeah, we're good. Why was it shaking? I don't know. Oh, was it me? Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. In Italy, what, what was it? Was it Florence? Without that that skywalk thing? Yep. Um, I guess what we what our guide told us was Hitler went to like go to Italy and he visited and you know before they bombed everything he told his guys to leave the skywalk alone because he liked it. So like when you're down on the streets Are just you sure walking that around, wasn't Mussolini. No, that's what the guy told us. The guy told us it was that one. I'm saying, but instead of Hitler. No, you said Hitler. All right. right. These guys didn't like each other, by the way. No. They were allies, but they didn't like each other. But when when you were walking along the streets and going into the shops and everything, if you couldn't, you can't see who's walking by over your head. Like the windows are in such a way where you can, if you're up in it, you can see down. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking up, you can't tell who's walking by. Then that was to protect. It well, was the archbishops that the they archbishops. would walk from the church to the other, you know, religious was it structures. in the Vatican? This was in Florence. No, it was in Florence. Um, right by the river there, um, and all the shops are on the bridge. They had a... I watched an Anthony Bourdain episode where they were in Rome, 
and there were these buildings that Mussolini built, these, like, built out of white marble. And, I mean, they were beautiful. You didn't know it. There was one with, it was like an outdoor stadium with marble chairs and stuff, and nobody used it because it was sort of like, as much as they were beautiful, they were kind of like, they looked boring, like Soviet block housing. Yeah. You know, kind of what you get when you're a communist. Yep. And not that Mussolini was a communist, although he certainly wasn't a, he wasn't a, wasn't into free people. <laughs> doing what they want. Was he a fascist? Yeah, technically. <laughs> they were both fascists, but the different type of fascists. He wasn't the nat- the social nationalist, which is what... Uh, th- th- it was a different type of fascism. I can't remember what, what Mussolini's brand was, but Hitler was a fascist, and th- they, were, they were social nationalists. And I'll tell you what fucking Mussolini but nobody, was. Like... Anthony Bernain had a girlfriend in uh, Rome. She, so they went and toured there, and that was that was pretty interesting to see that. But nobody goes there, or they don't use it for anything. It's just sort of there mm. for histories. You know, this is what Mussolini built. Yeah, there was no. There was still a body, a uh, legislative body. Under Hitler, under Mussolini, it was a, a total dictatorship. Hitler still allowed a somewhat uh, a democratically elected legislative body to still go on about the daily routine of whatever the legislator's job is in that particular, you know, like for us, Congress, right? Whatever the fuck they do, Hitler let that still go on. Mussolini, no, there was none of that under him. You know what I mean? There was no more. He was like South Korea. He was El Duce. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was in charge. Yeah, no, he wasn't. He wasn't looking to get anything rubber stamped by anybody, or he wasn't taking anybody's advice on how to run anything. So yesterday was Thanksgiving, as I said, and uh, I had plans to uh, wake up and have a little breakfast. And Maybe go to the football game, but as you know, it was like 18 degrees at no, 10 o'clock in the awful. morning. I went next door to get coffee. I also woke up. It was weird. I never get that kind of craving, but I was uh, sweating some fucking Cumberland Farms hash browns. I don't know why. So I got a couple packages of them, and then I put them in the toaster when I got home to get them crispy. Cat was going to start with all her cooking the night before, but she didn't. <laughs> just tired. So I, I actually helped her. I wasn't gonna. So I stayed up a little. I was gonna get up, have a couple Bloody Marys, and go back to bed. It's my favorite thing to do on a day off. You know, <laughs> go back and get two or three hours of just relaxed sleep. <clears throat> but I, as you know, she did stuffed mushrooms. I don't know if you got one. They no, dis- I, they I, disappeared. I, I everybody was. Huh? Everybody was. I ate a lot of them. Pretty gu- pretty much. You were just leaving. Everybody else yeah. was kind of out. So on you their didn't way really get to eat. There. You weren't eating. No, you know, you I, could, I ate at my grandparents' house. Yeah, so I there was a lot of. I'm sure. <laughs> Anywhere you go, there's a lot of food. <laughs> so I ended up. I had to take. I had to take the stems out of the mushroom caps. You know what I mean. And then I uh, chopped those all up, and then the garlic, and uh, I had cornbread crumbs that I chopped up real fine. Anyway, so I helped her make those, and the point was is 
I had, I got up at like 5.30 and I was looking to go back to bed by 7.30, 8 o'clock. I went back to bed at 10.30. But unfortunately, over that course of time, I had eight fucking beers. Oh. <laughs> between 5.30 in the morning and 10.30. So when I woke up, I had a hangover. (laughs) I actually had a hangover when we arrived for lunch. And uh, I just had one uh, beverage before dinner. And with dinner, I had a little bit of red wine. And as Evan might have told you, (laughs) during dessert, I was snoozing on the couch, on Scylla's couch there. Oh, no. I just (laughs) fell asleep and I missed... No, no. I totally missed dessert, which was fine because I could... I had eaten and drank so much. Usually on Thanksgiving morning, I tr- I try not to eat. I yeah, like to you, be you hungry. You starve yourself. I try to be hungry, ready. right? Right. I had all those hash browns. I had eight of those beers with the that's mixed with tomato juice I and a couple shots of vodka too. Um, this was bef- in the morning before. Go ahead. Cumbies evening on Thanksgiving in Plymouth. Um, they it's were all day. giving away. Oh, I guess all day. Coffee. We were there in the evening. They said you can have a hot chocolate coffee, tea, whatever you want. Just take whatever size you want for free. Yeah, we got. They do that on Thanksgiving every year. And on some Fridays in October, I think. Yeah. What, free all Fridays? Yes, free coffee Fridays. And then it, they change it to Mondays. But sometimes. yeah, I got cat yeah. a free. I got cat a free uh, coffee yesterday morning when I went to get the hash browns. And almost got fucking frostbite on the 50-yard walk back to my house. <laughs> it was cold as shit. I was just telling them I was thinking about going to the game, but then I'm like, oh, I like to go back to bed. There was a cat game, like the football game. I was gonna go, but forget that. Instead, I had I had eight Modelo Chalada Tamarindos with a spicy tomato mix in the beer in the can. I haven't brought them over here. Yet. Uh, you might have thrown away a can. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Eight. These have the tomato juice in, like mixed in with the beer. Yeah, and they have, but it has that, and that's then some, probably actually pretty good. It's fucking delicious because you you can still get a Bud Light Clamato. It's with the Clamato, which is the clam and tomato juice. Right. That's a little rough. It's not for the faint of heart. It's still good. Who thought up of Clamato? I don't know, man. A, like did somebody clam juice and tomato? Juice. I would think that's a that's like probably a local thing. That oh, the, definitely that a northeast. Yeah, definitely. I bet you even even more like precise. I bet you it's a Portuguese thing. Yes, I'm thinking New Bedford thing. Like I don't think you can get a clamato with a beer in it anyway, anywhere but New Bedford. And then in Somerset, by where Dave lives, right next to Fall River and East Providence, I found the one with the spices in it, like I had found in Florida. Well, because the Mexican guys drink this shit called chelada, and it's beer, lime juice, tomato juice, and then if if it's then tamarindo, that means it's got like chili powder and cayenne powder, and got, you know what I mean? It's like spicy, right? Not enough to you know for you to go, oh, that's too hot, but just the right amount of zip, you know what I mean? Anyway, those come in those big double cans. I hit four of them double cans. I was helping Cat, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta take a nap. If I if I don't if I stay up, I'm gonna continue to drink, and then I'll be junk by din- by dinner time. You know what I mean? Right. I didn't want to be junk, but I f- I took my little nappy, went and ate dinner. Boom! Passed out on the fucking couch in the kitchen while they all had dessert and everything. I'm like, sorry, that's just somebody's got a nap, right? Might as well be me. Well. 
But we had a great Thanksgiving, don't you think, Ev? Yeah. It was, it was awesome. It was fucking awesome. Patty made. Three hours, too, Joe. In, out. It was wonderful. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, quick. Well, she used to do Thanksgiving and have her family come out. And one of the her gripes was that. They would never leave? No. They would show up at, you know, noon. And then we'd eat at one. And then they'd leave at two. What's wrong with that? Because they would leave her with all the dishes. Oh, oh, yeah. No, everybody would help. No, everyone always, everyone always pitches in. She said, "Yeah, I love my family and everything, but fuck them." Yeah, they weren't pitching anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sucks. We we we've always all helped. Whoever has the party, like I said, Thanksgiving's generally at mom's house. But you know, Paul and Lisa were awesome helping mom clean up, and it was it's just the way we we at your at Anya and Evan's house. Yesterday. Evans and Onion. Yeah, they hosted yesterday. And you were sleeping there? Well, after dinner, I was, you know, was digesting. I ate too much food. I'm, I woke up today, and then, you know, then we go home, and it was still early. Uh, we had brought, brought a brie. I don't know if you've had a brie recently, but brie's are nice. I ate like a quarter of a pound of brie cheese with some crackers, had a couple of these. Right. I woke up going, uh, I'm never eating ever again <laughs> and i said that to them when they walked in and then i saw i was like oh joe's gonna be another hour well now i'm actually hungry so what did i fill my belly with we went to, we went to papa Gino's. i'll tell you that what was pretty on an papa empty Gino's, it's still open by the way I, yeah uh, and the d'angelo's over at uh over at colony place is one of the ones that's closed but the two papas in town are fine the papa i guess Gino's. they got enough business here the one in Middleborough is still open, both of those. Oh, that's good. Oh, the one next to Truckee's is yeah. open? Now, somebody said that they closed because of the minimum hourly wage thing. I don't and know. I don't believe I don't either. I, I think it's a real estate decision. I don't think it's a fucking how much yeah, pizza is being sold decision. I think they're looking to liquidate some fucking real estate. Papacino is on a $5 million, $10 million piece of land. Yeah. I think because I think they're one of those companies that were, you know, obviously not everywhere they're that they're owning, but they owned a lot of their free their freestanding buildings. Well, if you watch the McDonald's movie documentary with Michael Keaton, it ended up being like you're not in the Hamburg business; in the real you're estate in the business. Real estate. Yeah, business. yeah. I haven't seen that movie, by the way. I got to see that. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah, they were just there was just an article about that in either one of your business. I think it was in one of your business mags about, uh, or oh, it was on Yahoo. F- fucking McDonald's isn't about the burg about the burgers. It's about the real estate. Well, no, it's about the burgers. No, but the burgers the is the easiest thing to the s- the, It's the easiest thing to sell, so your real estate can make money. You know what I mean? And they fr- they legitimately franchised a lot. You know, they they yeah. gave franchises out to people, and they have nothing to do with other than. You know, you're gonna buy the shit from us, and you're gonna do, you're gonna follow these procedures. I mean, their procedures. And they get a cut. They get a cut. And they get a cut. But the ones that they also company owns, they pay McDonald's the rent. The the franchisee doesn't own the building. I think some do, and some some do, and some don't. I for I thought for the large part they don't, especially if it's a freestanding fucking building. But if it's in a mall, obviously, 
Somebody's paying they rent. They opened a shitload of McDonald's. McDonald's themselves opened up a shitload of McDonald's and said, hire the management and staff them, and here you go. Right. And told the manager you're going to make some good money, and but... Or maybe they gave them, you know, they said, we own the real estate and you lease from us. It could be. Right. To give them wild incentives to do well. Well, look, this has been fun. By the time we're done saying bye, this is going to be an on average length show. I think we've done okay. What are we done? You got more <laughs> to talk about? Yeah. You got more current events? I got nothing for current events. I mean, it, it's a slow week. The President of the United States is making everybody fucking crazy still. He had something to say about uh, what? What? It, what the does Saudi he guy. say? Why do people get so upset about what he has to say? It's so honest and pure. It's just <laughs> it's it's probably more the way he says it. Than it's what he's saying, but I everybody, say it's everybody, pure. Yeah. everybody talks fun. that way. It's the everybody. truth. And the people that are griping. About when you're it. talking to your friends, you use a lot of f bombs and all the fucking time, right? <laughs> and I don't know, yeah, I've he lies a lot, but everybody knows that he's lying, <laughs> and he knows that you know that he's lying. I don't know. Oh, now the house wants to have a special probe into Trump's Saudi ties, never mind his Russian ties. Well, cause they're not they're not they're not satisfied with he hasn't said, "Oh, well, this is going to fucking affect our our trading with why Saudi." And these what he's saying is is this isn't going to affect shit. You know what I mean? Why can't we all just agree that Trump is the best president that ever was? You get preaching to the choir kid right here. Well, he's just there's a lot of kids that talk mean. about it. Yeah, exactly. They say he's mean. That's all they have to say. They don't actually listen to what he's saying. Because he's is, not speaking in the way you'd expect the president to speak. But that's how But no, that's the, you've, growing up, you get used to people in politics speaking a certain way, and then you have this guy coming up and just being like... Exactly. They're just jealous. They're not jealous. They're They're I think jealous. it's... Okay, you just put it... <laughs> you pretty, said it the pretty best succinct, way. yeah. I've never, because you're, but Al and I talk about this all the time. It comes why to a we point. love Trump, and it's hard to. It comes to a point where there's a people don't like change, and he's changing the way you see the way politicians and people talk, well, and people aren't liking it. But don't right. you think that it comes to a point where you might need that in well, a certain time? Where I mean, I feel like he's gotten shit done, you know. And at the it, there's a it way sure you can has. get shit done without not even insulting people, but speaking in a professional setting in a professional way. Like, I don't expect some like some kid to go up in front of like a CEO of a company and just start dropping f bombs and things like that. Right. Just in like Mark Zuckerberg. At, yeah. Or just fuck all you assholes. Right. <laughs> See Elon Musk maybe losing you. his mind. You gave a me bit. the pictures of yourself naked. Yeah. It's not my <laughs> fault they ended up on ads for, you know, kitty porn in Venezuela. <laughs> it's just And a lot of the things that people have a problem with is the way he talks to women and women journalists. And that's what a lot of people have a problem with. And you can laugh and smile all you want, but it's really not that funny. Because like I wouldn't want someone speaking to me that way. And I wouldn't let but somebody they, speak they, to me that way. They're not all that nice to him. Well, I, I wouldn't expect... I'm not going to be nice to someone who I know is going to treat me like I'm less of a person. He... 
I there were two recent ones because there were two black women. One asked him in the same one where they the meeting where he kicked Jim Acosta the yep. out of the mm-hmm. you know yeah. took away his press credential credentials. There was a an African American woman who said asked him a question. Now they don't ask questions. You have to understand. A question is. Mr. Trump, why would you do this and this and this? That's a question. When you go, Mr. Trump, you're obviously a nationalist, and don't you feel that your white nationalist policy is is uh, is giving the white nationalists who want to kill all African Americans an advantage? And then he says, "What a ridiculous You're a question!" Fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now just because she's a woman or black doesn't give her the right to ask a question in that format, which is exactly what the guy did be- before her. Oh, Acosta! He was doing the whole thing about the caravan. Well, he he literally stood up and he said, "Mr. Trump, now that you know." that the caravan is not an invasion. So he, he's, it's, it'd be like me saying to you, Evan, now that you know that I am ten times smarter than you are and that you're obviously a moron, why don't you just say that you were wrong? You know what I mean? That's not a question. Right. That's a... That's a yeah, you're I want to be... You want you want to be have the news be about you, right? And that's what happens to these people that are on television, and that's why a lot of presidents have taken away the cameras out of the press conferences because these people want to like be seen on TV and right. become little, mm-hmm. you know, they want their Twitter account to grow and they want to have a podcast and they want to make they want to make money off right. of it. And then there was an African American woman that asked. was outside. This is the one where he pointed at her and said, that is a stupid question. And I forget. Oh, it was about... It was about that he had just got the resignation from the Attorney General. Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions. And he said, and the woman asked, now, Mr. Trump, are you hoping that the new Attorney General will... Recuse himself from the... No, well, like, you know, like, end the Mueller thing on your behalf. (laughs) Right, right. And he's like, what a stupid question. (laughs) Like, do you think I'm going to answer that? I mean, do I hope that he would end the Mueller investigation that's investigating me? Of course he probably would hope that, yeah, he doesn't want to be investigated, but at the same time, I mean... How do you? That's right. It's not a question. No matter what you say. See that James Comey got a subpoena yesterday, as well as Loretta Lynch from the House Republicans, and he said, "Yeah, that's fine, as long as it's in, as long as it's an open session." So I give him credit for that. He because he, he's sick of shit. Like what he's saying is, is it's go, whatever gets said is going to get leaked, and it's going to get selectively leaked. He's like, "Let's do it on fucking C-SPAN." You know what I mean? Live. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because <coughs> I've been looking up, like, why, 
I've typed in into Google, like, why did Bill Clinton go on to Loretta Lynch's plane? Okay. Like, what, what could the possible goal be? Did he go on her plane or did she go on his? Not no, that no, it matters. No. He went on. He waited for her at the Phoenix. Okay. He knew. Okay. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I got you. Remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in case you kids don't know, before the election, Hillary Clinton was under investigation for her emails by the FBI and the Attorney General. This is Obama's FBI, uh, uh, Obama's Attorney General. And uh, Bill Clinton, the wife of the, the person running for president, goes, waits in Phoenix because he knows that the airplane is coming in with Loretta Lynch, the Attorney General, and then he goes on to her plane, and there's a 45-minute blackout where nobody knows what's going on. By the way, she says she regrets that meeting. Well, I read several interviews with her saying, you know, they asked, the first thing she, they said was, why didn't you kick him off the plane immediately? Right. And she says, you know, in hindsight... <coughs> but I mean, when the, when an ex president of the United States wants to have a chat with you, you know, it's kind of this is an ex president of the United States. I mean, uh, I'd let Clinton come in here and talk to us, <coughs> right? You know, and I'm not a big Clinton fan, but you know, she said after a while, like, look, I'm I have to go now because they had. They were they were on their plane. They were both the, on the same tarmac at the same time. He's like, "Hey, I want to go talk to her." Going, she was on the plane resting with her husband, <coughs> right? And she was going off to do something else. Yeah, and like staff had to literally come in and break it up. Yeah. Now I'm trying to think whether now Bill Clinton didn't honestly think he was going to go on there and talk to her about you know letting Hillary off. So it had to be like some strategy where. She either recuses herself or... Right, 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 right. Do you know right, what I mean? Right, right. He had to have had something... Yeah, he said he knew if he... Right. That's probably what it was, by the way. If he... She's the, she either has to recuse herself or she has to limit her amount of uh, input, which she did. She yeah. said, I'll accept whatever... Comey says. Yeah. Well, again... And then maybe they had the fix-in on Comey. That shows you how, what a brutal, brutal human being he is and his wife, because they don't care about anybody. They, they did oh, no, ir irreparable damage to this woman's career. They're vicious, irreparable, awful people. And I'm not saying, who knows? I, I don't know Loretta. I'm no lawyer. I'm hey, you become attorney general, God bless you. That's not an She's easy job to get. She's obviously not a slacker. She's not a slacker, She's right? She's probably not a bad person. This guy made a split-second decision to ruin her fucking life. At least put a big dent into her credibility. Right. Because he went on that plane... And she didn't it, just the appearance, kick him off. yeah, but just the appearance of it. He know he knew. And I I read a transcript where she did an interview with Jonathan Capehart. You know who that is? No, he's gay and he's he's very liberal, mm -hmm. but he's pretty honest, too. right? You know what I mean? And he said, you know, look, why didn't you kick him off the plane? Right. And she says, you know, it's 
It's easier said than done. Absolutely. And all of a sudden, he's on the plane, and you're like, hi, Mr. And we, you know, we never discussed. There was people around. Like, we never discussed, like, you know, he didn't come up and go, come on, Loretta, you got to take it easy on my wife, Hillary. She's a good person. You know, right. he, he didn't do that. But I believe but he that he to. did it just by appearances. Yeah, right. Going onto the plane. He knew that he would screw up the investigation <coughs> somehow. Yeah. Now, you guys probably don't care at all. You were still in high school when that was going on. I knew when I was in high school, I didn't, I didn't know who the president was. Well, I knew who the president <laughs> was, but I didn't start paying attention to politics until I graduated college. I voted, you know what I mean? But I didn't like really start to pick it apart I don't know when understand I it. Started Bill, to pay attention, but it was, a, it was long after college. It was Bill Clinton's presidential inauguration I, even the that whole that whole race I didn't pay but from his inauguration on I was pretty uh, pretty hooked on at least the pop culture of Washington politics that I was a it. big Perot fan yeah and I had signs made up that said for Perot yeah I mean, he's and I remember Perot being just this. He was one of the, you know he got on television. He bought it. He was a billionaire. He's still <laughs> alive. I he's didn't. not unlike Donald Trump in that he wanted to shake shit up. But did he go for the Republican nomination or did he just do the independent? No, thing? he was independent. He never went through the the uh, pre the fucking primary right. season. Right. Okay. And he got nineteen percent of the vote of the popular vote. That's more than John Anderson did in nineteen seventy six. Which he, was like five or six. He killed the election for George Bush. Yeah. Oh, a fellow Texan, too. Probably not very happy with him. So what do you want me to do with this? <coughs> I got a box of parts, and I got a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't want... You got straps with you? He's got his truck with him. I do. Well, you don't have to take it. We won't deal with it today, but... I'll bring it to you whenever you want it. And if you say, you know what, I've changed my mind. I don't want to do it. That's fine, too. I don't think that's the case at all. <laughs> I think he wants to. You want to do it, don't you? Yeah, I'm hip. <laughs> so I'll put it on a trailer and bring it over to you this weekend if you want it. Like Sunday. Yeah, as soon as possible. I'll bring it over on Sunday. But this is a big job. Yeah. And it's not so much hard. It's just you're going to take a bunch of shit apart. Yep. And then you're going to put a bunch of shit back That's together. What I'm and good at, though. Hopefully you won't have too many extra screws. And No, I'm, I'm good at that. He's pretty organized when it comes to that shit, Joe. I've got, a, I've got a PDF manual that's in several languages that's 600 pages long. you got to pick what language you want. So a I'll hard copy or a file? I got a file. Oh, all right. And if you want, I can print out like all the kind of crankcase stuff in English if you want. Sure. Do you prefer yeah. that? I mean, like, it'll so you probably can have help. It. I mean, I can. I was probably gonna do a little research myself just into, you know, exactly. I want to watch somebody else do it, at least run through it. There's, they do it all the time. But 
Because people blow these things up all the well, time. Well, yeah. Of course. And when you start it up, when you first start it up, I read this for the first time. You want to run... The premix is 30 to 1. But when you're breaking it in, it's 50, you do 15 to 1. And this thing 15? goes like... Yeah, it goes like a raped ape. Things unbelievable fast. And, which brings me to another question, because this is why I didn't want to end the show. How awful was your father on a fucking motorcycle? <laughs> Come on now. So in the driveway... Um, Did he just fall it was, over? It was wet out. So, you know, the tire spun out, and he laid the bike on its right side, and he was like, all right, let's go to a sand pit. All right, so we go <laughs> to the sand pit. And he... You know, I'm like, if you let up, you know, how I asked him, you know, it's, you know, the concept of a clutch. You've right. driven a, you've driven a stick shift. So I told him that if you let off the clutch slowly, the bike will move by itself. You don't even need throttle to move the bike because it will go. Uh, and he kept snapping the clutch and stalling it and he had to keep kicking it, you know, try again. And he kept stalling out. I told him, all right, try. I, you know, I tried showing him how sensitive the throttle is so that way he gets an idea of, you know, you don't want to open the thing up and then just dump the clutch. But that's exactly what he did. And so he, he was doing about, some wheelies. He got about four feet of a 12 o'clock wheelie and then just kind of leaned over the It was left. like 24 feet. It was about four feet and he just leaned to the left a little bit. <laughs> he snapped my back fender. And junk the tire. How's the clutch? It snapped. <laughs> <laughs> it still functions, but it's just a little nub you can get with two fingers. Oops. Oh, you mean the clutch handle? Yeah, because he, he. Oh, that's the bike. Well, that's no big deal. But he didn't break the clutch itself. Yeah, no, like it still goes. It's just. Now, is it, is, is it a KX250 four stroke? It's a KX250. It's a trail bike. That specific bike, people have raced in the past. Oh yeah, they they're great. I mean, what year is it? Like a two thousand? That's an six. So it's not a two. It's like not a two fifty like from the nineties. Yeah, four stroke was a dog. Believe me, like I had an XR six hundred, a six hundred, six hundred cc Honda, and that was kind of <coughs> slow compared to a two fifty cc. You know, two-stroke. Yep. But then they made amazing changes because the emissions shit was changing. Mm. So the Japs, you know, they couldn't sell the two-stroke bikes anymore. So they, they, one, they had to make them as light. Because, I mean, that the YZ250, I'm going to bring it, it weighs like 195 pounds. And it's got, like, Explosive power. It's got yeah. like sixty horsepower, mm -hmm. and it's like when look you up, did you look up my my KTM? I did the five twenty five. Yep. KTM's an awesome motorcycle, and anybody that did enduros because I used to do enduros where you yep. go in the woods mm -hmm. and stuff. That's that's the type everybody of had I KTM's. Do. I do. I ride a quarter mile down the road, go on to the bog road. Power lines and bogs, just miles. They weren't typically, uh, although I haven't followed it in years, they weren't typically can, MX bikes. You can go anywhere on this bike. 
but they're great and they're expensive too. I, it's not a cheap did motorcycle. Did you look up the retail for it right now? Probably eight or nine grand. It's only twenty four, I believe. Well, no. If you went to buy a new a one, a brand new one, yeah. But I'm saying that that year. I mean, obviously. What's it? Oh three oh five. That the Yamaha's an 03. But yeah, he that's a fun bike. I think your father would love to do it, but I think you mentioned the other night a four wheeler might be his MO. Probably. You know, this balancing <coughs> although you're a very see that's a weird thing about you, because you're you're kinda like a very coordinated person. Mm-hmm. But just not with that. Nope. I think he also had trouble Are you getting nervous? His, getting his feet off the, Not at all. Getting his feet off the ground probably wasn't Yeah. Well, I tell you I tell you right now, the whole the whole shifting with the foot thing is that once I get the whole getting the fucking thing go the whole shifting with the foot thing, I can't even picture with my big stupid feet, you know what I mean? Just a bizarre It's just a weird, weird feeling, you. you know what I mean? Well, he said to me It's not said, it's not intuitive to me, okay? I asked him. Intuitive to me is computer programs and audio engineering. <coughs> Anything to do with them, I can figure out. I asked him, never mind a motorcycle, how are you on a bicycle? And he goes, I had a lot of trouble with bicycles. <laughs> yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, maybe the, because this was before he went out with you. Yeah. And he goes, I said, well, maybe this won't be that much fun then. Nah, it was, was fun just getting. He out was there. ready to. He was like a champ. He was ready to go do it. I'll try again. But I took my cousin out one time. She came over to visit. She's from the Netherlands, and I had my buddy's uh, K KLX one twenty five L. So um, it sits a little higher than a regular one twenty five. But anyway, um, I went out on my board out one ten. It's it's board out to a one forty three. Yeah, um, and it had a race transmission and a clutch, and it was it was legit. Like it had BBR parts and blah blah whatever. But anyway, so I take her out to the pits, and this is her first time on like a dirt bike, and I take her over to the pits and over a hill, and then uh, she was going pretty fast, and I was in front of her. You know, like she she kind of fell behind and then tried catching up. And she just goes over this this mound of sand that I had gone over, and I didn't get air because it's about twenty feet high. She right. just comes right over, gets you know like she's eight feet in of the air, air, and then lands on the side of the thing and almost you know the the front's going all over the place. She didn't crash though. I, I thought she I was, made the landing. She and kept, made going? The landing kept oh, going. Oh shit! And then she went and tried it again. I was like, "What's going on?" There's people that are crazy on those things, and I can, It's a lot of fun, and my XR. I I bought my XR six hundred was an eighty eight XR six hundred, and I had it up until late nineties. I sold it to a guy who owned a motorcycle shop up on Route one thirty nine in in uh, not Pembroke. What's the town on Marshfield on the other side of the bridge? Yeah. And he died on it. Oh, no. Shit. 
But he had a heart attack. He didn't like you know, hit a bridge above me. Because oh. <laughs> I made it street legal. Yeah. But I had the thing. It wasn't poured out, but I put a new camshaft in it uh-huh. and a 40 mil- millimeter flat slide carburetor and few ignition advances. And the thing would go 115 miles an hour down the highway. Mm-hmm. I had a speedometer on it. So it was no joke. Yep. And then I put a dirt tire on it. It would climb any sand hill. Mm-hmm. No matter how steep, it yep. would just keep That's going. That's like this 525. It's, it's insane. You can't stop it. The amount yeah. of power. Like, I tried opening it up all the way. And I, I just couldn't because, I mean, I was already to the you know end of the road. It's insane power. So I can't... I th- I'm thinking your 525 was probably got more power than my tricked out XR 600. I mean... Because they... KTM's a great brand. Yeah. Uh, when I was... Yeah, yeah. I was part of the New England Trail Riders Association. You know, this is back in the 90s. But uh, everyone that was the fastest was on a KTM. Yep, they make a quality motor. But I've seen like videos of kids doing stupid shit and they'll go off a jump and then the frame just splits in half and like <laughs> they they, they land on the bike and <laughs> the handlebars go through their rib cages and you know yeah gruesome. You ever you ever watch videos of dirt bike mishaps? Yeah. Well, not the mishaps, but I there was the He's an Italian kid, not from Italy, but <coughs> Italian last name. And he's like, he's the one that did the, it was a it was a documentary about the open motocross, you know, where they, uh, they do the flips and all, all the stuff. And I mean, at first, there was no backflip on a motocross bike, none. Yep. And then somebody did the first backflip. Mm-hmm. And this guy did the triple backflip. You know, once you do the triple backflip, everybody else has to do it. Right. So you either have to learn how to do it or you just got to get out. Right. Because you're never going to win. Right. I mean, no matter how good your show how many is, people you died. have to do the triple backflip. How many people died attempting this? I don't know. Probably enough. More than a handful. I could just imagine, you know, down But he's south, a great a kid. People. I could look him up if my computer's still updating. So, all right. I think your dad wants to go. I'm fine. <laughs> you know, I wanted to get down to Pilgrim Power Sports because I need to get a new back tire and fender for my KX250. Don't buy it down there. Buy it online. That's just what they do. I just go there. And they have it. They it's also they, Black they Friday. Talk about Travis yeah. Pastrana because Josh Sheehan. Travis Pastrana. Yeah, because tra- thank jo- you. Josh Sheehan's done it. He defined. I mean, Travis, Travis Pastrana Pastrami. was the was the first Travis one. Travis Pastrana was the but, first one to do but it. But this kid Josh Sheehan is, I guess, really right perfected. And, and Pastrana like trained him. Yeah, because he was getting older, and he's like, <laughs> I don't want to be doing this every yeah. night. You ever seen Ronnie Mac? They raced head to head. 
I don't think so. He's he's a YouTube person. If you looked at look up uh, McGrath, Jeremy McGrath, uh-huh, it's like the greatest name. motocross racer ever. Yep. And to look years ago, wasn't he? And to look at him, he's like this pudgy. Oh really? You know, to look at him, you'd never think that he's like an amazing motocross rider. He was rider. born at seventy-one. He's he's not any young dude. But I'll tell you something. I was on. Look up Dennis. Dennis DaCosta. I think I've heard that name too. He was like a motocross racer in the seventies, eighties, and I was on a trail ride. With Dick Betancourt, you know, from Betancourt Honda over in Bridgewater. Mm -hmm. Now, Dick Betancourt was a real, he was a rider. Yep. And he was with Dennis DeCoster, and it's D E C O S T E. (laughs) It's a fairly common name. Motocross. I put it in there. I just got to pull it out here. DeCosta. And. Watching this guy, he was like, I don't know how to describe it, but he was like, I was behind him for a while, and it's just like he, it was effortless. You know what I mean? <coughs> he was, he would stand up and just kind of quip the throttle a little bit, little clutch, and just like go over something that would be agonizing for me to go over. Yep. You know what I mean? It's hard to explain. It's just like that's why he's that good. He just has it. I went riding over by Cisco, you know, on the, right next to 44 over there. There's some trails over there. I was doing some pretty cool stuff on my bike. Well, they used to let you go into the state forest, and that was great. But now that's a big. Oh, it's D A C O S T A, not D E. Okay. From like the seventies. Yeah, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, man. Well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'd look it up, but my computer's still. Well, everybody, this has been fun. This is show number ninety-two. By the way, Joe, ninety-two. We we do more shows in a, a year than Stern does. He does eighty a year. Do you know that? Now he used to obviously do like two hundred a year or whatever. Well, ninety-two is. A lot. You think so? But there are people who are on the radio five days a week, and, you know, yeah. to do 90 shows is, you know, 20 weeks or whatever. You figure. <laughs> but we're doing all right. We started, in Al, we started in November of last year, meaning Al keeps That's arguing when they with me. counted, but we started in August yeah, of he last keeps, year. Yeah, he keeps bringing us up, but all right, what would you count? When you first started talking or when you first put it up for people to listen to? When you first get viewers. Exactly. So we became Well, then we're still not doing any fucking shows. On what? (laughs) Because nobody listens. Oh, you're kidding. We got like 200 listeners a week. Yeah, it's not bad. So it's just been a year. Yeah, no, I know. And then he recorded like 12 shows all fucked up on a different microphone. Well, yeah, I used the, instead of setting the thing to pick this up, it was just 
recording from the mic from the laptop, so you, you could oh, hear me no. fine, but you couldn't hear Joe, <laughs> Mr. Audio Engineer over here. <laughs> so we got 92 shows. We probably should have had 110. 10, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So we're not doing terrible. Yeah. That's fine. We're gonna end our hundredth show. Uncle Dave is gonna remote in. I gotta figure that out. I got a couple weeks to figure that out. I wanna be here for that. Skype. That guy's awesome. <laughs> Dave's cool, right? Dave's awesome. He's a lot of fun, man. <laughs> Everyone loves Dave. Why he's not? Cat loves to, Dave too. He's fun to talk to. He's very he is. interesting to talk hey, to. Yeah, and he'll my computer's up. He'll just <laughs> in the nick of time. <laughs> it only took like and two hours two and hours. sixteen seconds. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, I'm Al. He's Joe. Thank you to Evan and thank you to Kate. Thanks you guys us. know Thanks any time you want to come, okay? You just got to let me know you're coming. Just so we know that someone else, just if in case someone else is here. If you have nothing to say and you just want to sit there, we don't even care. Because we'll just talk. Joe, do you have my phone number so you can get in touch with me? For Why don't you write it down? Yeah, don't say it on the yeah, thing. Right. That's a bad idea. Give me that pen. <laughs> I don't think this pen works. Why do you have all these pens that don't work? I don't know. That's why I use this. Well, I mean, they st usually stop working if you leave the caps on them for a while. He's horrible. Look at... Oh, that, no, that's not the one he's been chewing on. That's mine. <laughs> that's mine, though. Anyway. <laughs> the unsmoothest end, anyway, of ever. Anyway, I'm Al. I'm Joe. He's Joe. That's Kate. That's Evan. Good night, Waterbury. <laughs> <laughs>